Welcome to the Clinician Voice Podcast. I'm Robin Geiger, Senior VP of Clinician Advocacy for Ingenivus Health. Today, you're joining us for real talk about the struggles of nurses, physicians, and allied clinicians on the front lines of care. We're excited to partner with health executives, clinicians, and industry experts to learn how they're leading through current challenges, shortage, and burnout. And now, let's get into the talk. I'm delighted to introduce our moderator for this podcast, Ingenivus Health's Chief Human Resource Officer, Ms. Denise Triva. Denise has developed Ingenivus Health's people strategy and leads human resources for our seven company brands and the clinicians we serve. She guides our direction under the lofty mission of being an employer of choice for healthcare talent. She successfully attained our Great Place to Work designation and has been a guiding light for me with the development of the ACT program. Denise, we're excited to have you and your guests with us today. And now I'll hand it over to you. Thank you, Robin. I really appreciate it. And I want to just introduce Joy Turner, who's going to be my co-host today as we um, have an opportunity, a very important opportunity to talk with Joyce Bender. And Joyce, it's so good to uh, be able to talk with you again. Um, I just wanted to say, Joyce has done so much in the area of um, working with individuals with disability in the employment factor. And Joyce is the founder and CEO of Bender Consulting Services, Inc. and Bender Leadership Academy, located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Her focus for both organizations is employment for people with disabilities. As a woman living with epilepsy and hard of hearing, she has dedicated her life to a crusade for youth and adults to gain the dream of competitive employment. Joyce works tirelessly to bring down the barriers and stigma that exist for people with disabilities. She serves as the vice chair of the American Association of People with Disabilities, as a trustee for the Bazillion Center on Mental Health Law, World Institute on Disability, the National Advisory Group for National Technical Institute for the Deaf, Homeless Children Education Fund, Variety, the Children's Charity, Civic Light Opera, Disability Rights of Pennsylvania, and is chair of the Epilepsy Association of Western and Central Pennsylvania. Joyce has been recognized by President Clinton and the President's Award and the Bush administration with the new Freedom Initiative Award for her efforts in furthering the employment and empowerment of people with disabilities. Joyce has served as an expert for the U.S. Statement of Heart Department of, uh, and is also an expert that has been published in many periodicals. She holds a bachelor's degree in psychology from Geneva College and is the host of the radio show Disability Matters with <clears throat> Joyce Bender on voiceamerica.com. Joyce, I am so honored that you are spending some time with us today. So I'm going to kick us off and, and have you start to tell us a little more about yourself and how you started the work that you're doing today. Thank you, Denise, and it is an honor to be here with you. I just want to mention before we start, you know, I always say that when it comes to the employment of people with disabilities, it won't happen unless someone opens the door. We all know 
70% of people with disabilities are not counted in the workforce. And if you don't know, I'm sure you are shocked hearing that, but it's true. We have double the unemployment rate. Without someone opening the door, we can't change that. Denise Treba has opened the door since I've known her for years. She made a point of saying, we wanna hire people with disabilities. And by the way, it was at all levels. So, you know, when I say someone is really good, Denise Treba is great. She is really a good person. And I so appreciate her giving us the opportunity to find employment for people with disabilities. So, <clears throat> Denise, to answer your question about me, you know I grew up in a rural area and I went on to college and got my degree in uh, psychology. And then I got involved in education and I moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, my husband and I, which is where I live, and where Bender Consulting Services and the Bender Leadership Academy are located. And you know, during that time when I grew up, I would occasionally faint. And the only reason it was unusual is that no one else in my family would have this happen. I remember once when I was 16 years old and I was at the dentist and next thing you know, you know, I'm looking around, I don't know what happened. And he said, oh, you fainted, you must've been nervous. Well, I am nervous when I go to the dentist, but not <laughs> that nervous just that one time. Um, so then when I got in my 20s, oh my, it started to happen more frequently and it was terrible. You know, I would get this feeling in my head. And once it happened, I knew that's it. That's it. There is no stopping this. That thing is going to happen. I'm going to faint and be unconscious. And that's what would happen. And then I would come back to myself. Uh, and, you know, I would say, why does that happen to me? So one night my husband found me unconscious. And uh, off we go to the doctor. And you won't believe this, Denise, but his answer when I, my husband said, what's wrong with my wife? Rather than testing me, he said, oh, she's fine. It's just this female hormonal problem. Mm -hmm. And why the heck did I believe him? I was in my 20s. Mm -hmm. He's a doctor. So I believed him. It's really a miracle that I'm here talking to you because mm -hmm. I was driving the car all this time, not realizing what my disability was until one night I went to a movie and at the intermission of the movie, I went to get a soda and I had a seizure. And I hit the floor so hard, I fractured my skull, had an intracranial brain hemorrhage. I broke the bones in my right inner ear, which is why I'm hard of hearing on that side with a 70% hearing loss. I ended up having life-saving brain surgery from that fall. Life-saving brain surgery with the reality that I'd had a subdural hematoma. And they didn't know if I would live. But 
Why did I live? I had a miraculous recovery. But that's when in intensive care, the doctor tells me, Joyce, you're living with epilepsy. So what does that mean? That means those faints I used to have were seizures. Because when I did have it happen again, it was exactly the same. Now, thank God I take medication and that medication has prevented me from having a seizure. So you know, there are over 3 million people in America living with epilepsy. Why it was misdiagnosed is people don't realize more people have a complex partial seizure or an absence seizure or a tonic seizure than a grand mal seizure. So in other words, more people have seizures where they do not have a convulsion, and I was one of those people. <clears throat> so if you have a child, or you yourself, or your partner, or anyone close to you is having something happen, whether it's staring off or for a few minutes looking as if, you know, unable to speak, or of course, falling down or having a convulsion, do not go to the family doctor, go to a neurologist because only a neurologist is going to be trained expert to help you with this. So um, getting back to me after that, what I did for a living was executive search. I worked in executive search in Pittsburgh in information technology. I got back to work in two months after that accident. And when I did get back to work, it was only in the next year I heard about a program at Allegheny Community College that would in fact train people with disabilities to be COBOL developers. So a partner from Deloitte called me and said, Joyce, would you mind going to the school just to teach everyone how to interview, how to write a resume. And um, I was happy to do so. I had no idea, Denise, that the attitudinal barrier toward employing people with disabilities was so horrific that at that time, 90, 90% of people with disabilities were not counted in the workforce. So mm -hmm. I'm asking, and many of these students had college degrees, so I'm asking them, um, well, how many times did you go on an interview and just not get an offer? Oh, no, no one had gone on an interview. No one had called or talked to these students. Uh, it was abysmal. So I started doing volunteer work. And after nine years, I said, that's it. I know people with disabilities can be working as an accountant or in the IT or really most business areas and some industrial positions and many medical positions, I know they can. I mean, what, what is it? You're at your computer, but you're sitting in a chair. Right. So how does that stop you from being able to work? And today we have uh, video relay and all types mm -hmm. of assistive technology. Um, so. That's how I started, and I started as a for-profit company yeah. that would focus on being for-profit for two reasons. Number one, 
I want a rich benefits program. And number two, no pity. One thing you know about me, Denise, it's paychecks, not pity. Yes. So that's it's interesting. I so that's how you chose employment as your area of focus uh, when you started your company. Yes. There, there, as I said, I was in search, but right. it became clear to me that people with disabilities had and still do have uh, a high unemployment, double that of people without disabilities, 70% of people with disabilities still not counted in the work, mm. workforce. It's all stigma. It's all attitudinal barriers. But I know that without employment, you're never free in this country. You can't mm. rent a car or an apartment or live the American dream unless you're employed. Yeah, very good. Joy, are you, um, I think this feeds nicely into some of the work that you have been working on with um, our DEI programs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And thank you so much, Joyce, for sharing your story with us. I think that it's so powerful to hear all of the different aspects of your journey. Um, and Denise, to your point, this definitely supports the things that we're doing from a DEI perspective here internally. Um, Joyce, as I hear you talk about that attitudinal barrier that people face as they're looking for jobs, I think about the times where even myself as a candidate, you know, I'm looking at these job applications and thinking, wow, should I disclose my disability on this job application? How will that hinder me? And so as we get into DEI and really building these types of strategies and frameworks that support all people, I think it's so important to consider um, the community that um, identifies as having disabilities and making sure that we have resources and support processes in place for them. So when we think about what we're doing here under what we call value and belonging, we're really focused on creating environments where everyone can thrive and making sure that people are comfortable with sharing those pieces of themselves because they know that we're here to support them or provide them with tools and resources in order to be successful in our organization. Um, but we know that all organizations aren't there yet, right? So um, since Bender is known for its disability employment expertise in the areas of recruitment and workplace workplace mentoring, strategic planning, training, and digital accessibility to drive innovation and help businesses realize business value for their customers, can you share some of the milestones over the years that you've made an impact nationally? Uh, yes, and I, I want to say first, when you're talking about your commitment to DEI, I, wanna, I want our listeners to know that Ingenivis came to me, Denise came to me. It was not me calling, as I do with so many companies, trying to get them to even talk about it. And I think that's because of your passion uh, with Disability Equality Index or Equity Inclusion. And you know, with intersectionality, it's across the board, whether the person's African-American, uh, male, female, LGBTQ, whatever. 
protected class group, everyone can have a disability uh, mm -hmm. in any area. Uh, but with me, probably the biggest milestone happened when I received the president's award at the White House from President Clinton. And why I say that, the reason I received that award is I was one of the first and only people that started by finding employment for people with disabilities in competitive areas. In other words, I started in IT. When I first started Bender, most people with disabilities were stock person, uh, bus boy, uh, waiter, waitress, um, you know, uh, maintenance, but not competitive jobs, engineering, uh, any of those. I was the one. That's why I received that award. And I think that had a major impact nationally because other companies, I mean, people even would say to me, oh, you mean someone who is blind can work in the computer field? I mean, people did not know. And that really, I think, resonated and had an impact nationally. Um, the other thing is my radio show. When I started, like, I was one of the only ones with Voice America. I've been with them the longest. And it went from that to being on the air 20 years on Disability Matters with Joyce Bender on voiceamerica.com. But having senators, CEOs, Denise, people across the board on my radio show, and that show has caused people to call us that weren't hiring people with disabilities. It has caused people to apply for jobs, you know, that didn't know about this. Also, we are the only show that has on the half hour a news break telling about what's happening nationally in the news for people with disabilities. I think that and the traveling around the world as an expert on the employment of people with disabilities. Some of these things, and there are so many that, you know, I'm so thankful in my life that I was able to do, but that those are what come to my mind. Those and, are oh, 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 one other, starting the Bender Leadership Academy, helping high school students with disabilities uh, fight bullying and be prepared for employment. Those are such incredible milestones, and I think that as we look at where you started and where you are now, there's so much richness in the story there. I'd love to learn more about some of your current initiatives that Bender's working to advance. You mentioned the Leadership Academy. What else are you all working on right now? Well, going back to the Bender Leadership Academy for a minute, <clears throat> not only are we doing job preparation, and uh, teaching students how to deal with bullying. But we have a mental health initiative named after someone very close to me that died tragically, Mary Brocker. It's called the Mary Brocker Mental Health Initiative. So now, we now have a national campaign called Hashtag Not Ashamed, where we have from a country star 
that was Grammy nominated to NFL stars, to people like Valerie Jarrett, making these short videos and then putting it on the Bender Leadership Academy. Then at Bender Consulting Services, I have been so frustrated with companies that really aren't doing anything furthering the employment of people with disabilities. Companies sometimes have 100,000 employees and they think if they hire you know, one person, it's amazing. So I thought, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna come up with an initiative and it's called the Bender Quello Consortium. And uh, Quello, Tony Quello is the author of the Americans with Disabilities Act and the chair of the Bender Leadership Academy. Um, I'm sorry, the Bender Advisory Board. And I thought, we got to do something, Tony, because he's always fighting the fight for employment. So what I did is I started going to companies saying, will you hire 10 people from Bender by the end of the year? Now, did I get some to do this? Yes. But did I have some say no? Yes, I know that's hard to believe, but they would have all these reasons. These are large corporations that they could not do it. Now, I mean, that is a frightening thought. If you have hundreds of thousands of employees and I say, can you hire 10? I mean, I would either hear, oh, we do something on our own, but yet I know if I went to that company, I would not see wheelchairs or service dogs. Um, but you know, that is currently a very big initiative that we are working on and our strategic planning. We do strategic planning for companies and uh, assessments, and it has really taken off. Uh, so has our digital accessibility because of the new rules and regulations that came out. But those are the things I would highlight. Those are wonderful. Thank you for highlighting that. I think it speaks to really getting organizations to see the value in expanding beyond their traditional candidate pipeline and making sure that you all as an organization are also providing them the support and resources they need so that the individuals they bring on are successful and they can really see how innovative this can, untapped community can be um, as you talk about those unemployment rates. So. I love to hear that. Um, well, thank you so much, Joyce, for providing those milestones and those initiatives. I know that the listeners will be thrilled to learn more about the work that you're doing. Um, Denise, I wanna pass it back over to you to talk a little bit more about ways Ingenivis is working to enrich our human resource offerings. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely, Joy. And, and uh, again, we're really kind of following Joyce's lead in many respects because we're building our employer of choice um, environment and a culture where clinicians can really flourish and stay their whole career within our brands. And part of that is really focusing on the benefits we provide, including a focus on mental wellness. So just as uh, Joyce, you were mentioning having a focus on mental mental health, we do the same through our, our benefits programs and specifically uh, working with uh, Robin and the Ingenivus Health Act program, we've been able to introduce some really phenomenal support tools for our clinicians in the field. 
In addition, we're also building out our education platforms and have spent a good deal of time really focusing on curriculum for our internal employees in our corporate offices and also for our clinicians. And uh, we have recently uh, had some programs that have been stood up for clinical um, uh, uh, training that continues to help them be better at the bedside side um, and to support folks staying longer in their careers and, and their professional development. So really important work we're doing there as well. You know, the, the, the things that I love uh, about um, working in this area is really the passion about keeping people employed. And, and really supporting people on their journeys and their career paths. And that's another area that we've been focusing on. And Joy, you've been a big part of the stand-up of our Genevis Employee Career Center, where we're focusing on, on bringing uh, training, uh, much like Joyce mentioned, helping people uh, with their resumes and interviewing skills and making connections so that people hear other stories about how they got to where they are today and what path they were on and the things that they learned along the way. It's a great way for, for uh, folks to build their careers to wherever they want to be. So those are just a few of the things, you know, and when we talk about a lot of the things we are, we are talking about as far as employment opportunities, it's truly about learning. Um, and we're, we, as Joyce mentioned, we've been uh, very, uh, very thoughtful on our curriculum that we've pulled together. Um, and one of those um, is uh, an, where Joyce has uh, offered to help us. And I did reach out to Joyce and say, you know, I know, Oh, you have eye disability, which is a program that you have developed, and uh, it's such a, a phenomenal way to inform, to enlighten, and to expand uh, perspectives on understanding disability, in particular in day-to-day -day and in personal life. So that is just another opportunity that we're currently in the process of um, implementing, rolling out across our organization, Joy. So uh, we're very excited about this. And uh, Joyce, I know that you've you've got a lot of experience as you built eye disability uh, and introduced it. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about how that came about and where it is today? Yes, uh, thank you for asking, uh, Denise. And my uh, a partner, Andy Houghton, came to me uh, and said, Joyce. I'm wondering what could we do to help with stigma? Now, both of us have disabilities. Andy's a wheelchair user. Of course, as I said, I live with epilepsy and have a hearing loss. And uh, the problem, stigma, fear, ignorance. I mean, people are always afraid, oh my God, I'll hire this person. What if they do something wrong? How will I tell them? And I'm sorry to also say two thirds of people uh, in the United States are uncomfortable being with people with visible disabilities, according to a very recent uh, study. But I disability, I thought, okay, if we come up with this training product that Andy was suggesting, if we designed that, hopefully I could break down barriers to see people hired. Because, you know, when they see, um, oh, wait a minute, 
this is how you handle interviewing someone with autism, or this is how you accommodate a veteran with post-traumatic stress disorder, or this is what long-term COVID, uh, how it impacts disability and your employees. I just believe that that education is what's going to open doors for employment. Uh, so that is how it came about, but I wanna mention that it was 100% designed by people with disabilities and is 100% accessible. It's hard to believe that there are companies that espouse products they sell. I, I don't even mean training. I just mean across the board that are not accessible. But our website is accessible. Um, and, and I just I am just so excited about how it's developing. For example, WQED is the first, very first public broadcasting station. That's where it started with Mr. Rogers, right here in Pittsburgh. And now they've partnered with us, I'm so excited about this, to work with us on the modules. You know, they have a film uh, academy there where they teach film editing uh, and, you know, what an honor to be working with them, uh, you know, on improving eye disability and taking it to the next level. So um, I'm so excited about that. I want to say one other thing. I want to, I am going to have some type of module, something with Ingenivus, because what Ingenivus is going to do, uh, what I'm working with them on, is, you know, they have like a stand-up cardio unit. Uh, of course, you know, you can provide nurses as needed. But really, there aren't medical help that understand from autism to epilepsy to a mental health disability uh, when the, and when there's a disaster. So if we start in one city, one state, obviously Florida would be an example, we're going to have healthcare professionals trained, and I'm going to tell you, no one else has this, where here they are in a disaster, and they know what that disability is and, you know, how to accommodate them. Right. Uh, so, so that is something that's a, something I really want to see happen uh, that I wanted to mention. Yeah. That, and we are working on that. We're, we're starting to really look at the curriculum that we have and how do we really bring this to the clinicians? And I'm working with Robin and Joy uh, to really figure out how do we can offer these as CEUs uh, to where uh, our, our clinicians, especially uh, those that are traveling to these various sites and go into disasters, do have more awareness of what they may be seeing, um, in addition to all their clinical expertise, which we know is there. This is an added added extra bit of knowledge that helps folks uh, maybe be a little more successful at, at, at connecting with individuals to really deliver their expertise at the bedside. So we're very, very excited about how we can build this, and uh, we're looking at different ways right now to to continue to develop that curriculum and, and so that it can be CEU uh, certified for, for credits for our clinicians. So very, very excited about that. Um, can you... 
I mean, as we're continuing to to kind of build out um, uh, the intent of where iDisability, the curriculum could potentially go, can you tell us about some of the content uh, we can expect to see in iDisability um, and how clinicians can take advantage of these learnings, uh, how they would potentially relate at the bedside? Yes. Um, just to go through a few. One is migraines. People do not realize this, but uh, even in the federal government, a migraine is listed as a targeted disability. You know, someone has a migraine, what happens? They could be out of work for a week. And then what happens? People say, what? Oh, come on, get over it. It's a headache. I mean, they think, you know, don't understand this at all. And um, it has impacted a lot of people in their employment. Yeah. So uh, that is going to be one of them. Another is going to be on grief mm -hmm. because grief impacts disability. Mm. And when we did a survey, even with people with disabilities, and we had a whole section of choices, that was that came out. Grief. Wow. Depression, anxiety. You know, how do you deal with those things? How do you deal with these disabilities and these emotional uh problems when that happens. That's one of them. Another one we're going to do is sleep disorders because a lot of companies have no idea how to accommodate uh, sleep apnea or some other type uh, of sleep disorder. So those are a few, uh, but we're going to be able to move fast as we are moving uh, with WQED. Awesome. It's exciting future for eye disability. Every year, every year, there's one thing more that I hear uh, eye disability is added and some pretty phenomenal content. Thank you, Joyce. That is really exciting. And speaking personally, I've had an opportunity to go through the eye disability content that you all have so far. And I am just so impressed by how in-depth and how intentional you all were with creating that content and making sure that people do have that understanding that not all disabilities are visible. Um, I know you touched on that, how people can get very uncomfortable around people with visible disabilities, but we still have this entire community of folks where you can't necessarily see their disability but it's there and we really have to understand and learn how to communicate and work with them and support them as well. So I can't wait to see those new iterations and the new modules come um, soon. I'm looking forward to that. Um, are there any questions that you would like to ask us, Joyce, Denise, or myself? Yes. Um, first question. It seems that everyone I've met is so open to the idea of including people with disabilities. No pity, just wanting to provide an opportunity and, and training, learning more. My question, Denise, is what would you attribute to the fact that it appears across the board, this culture, this culture of caring, uh, kindness, and a commitment to diversity. It, it's many companies, there can be some, but it's not as pervasive as everyone I've met. What would you attribute to that? It, I, it definitely starts with our, our leadership. 
our CEO, Bart Valdez, is a, a very focused, a people-first person. Um, and the whole focus and passion about building a home for healthcare where our clinicians can flourish, that came from that passion of just really taking care of people. And that exudes to all the other leaders in our group as well. You know, it starts there. Uh, and, you, and we've really been very thoughtful about introducing programs that continue to build on culture. You know, and we're growing. We're not there yet. Uh, you know, every organization has room to get better. Uh, but we're on our journey. And we're really focused and, and have a, a ton of talent here at Ingenivus Health that's making a difference every day. Regardless of their discipline, Everybody's moving forward on building that that environment, that culture, that workplace where clinicians and and corporate employees can spend their career. They can go between brands, but they can spend their career. And to get there, you have to have a culture that cares. You have to have a culture that's invested in its people. You know, learning, training. Um, as well as, you know, continuing to improve upon communication. So we're on the journey. Um, and again, we have work to do. We know that. But uh, we have got a great, great, great foundation, Joyce. Yes, I, I can see that. I did want to ask you, um, for our listeners and for all of our knowledge, what are the main services you provide at Ingenivus? We really do, it's really a, um, a family of brands that have come together, Joyce, and we specialize in healthcare workforce solutions. And what that means is that we provide healthcare employers, um, staffing solutions, workforce solutions, so that they can deliver care at the bedside. So for example, we do have a travel nurse component um, those nurses can come in and they can work, you know, um, uh, an assignment up to 13 weeks. They can they can um, extend that. Uh, but we also have an opportunity for uh, being able to support healthcare organizations in an emergency situations. For example, if there was a major disaster um, and or something that happened in the in the hospital that they needed to add staff very quickly. We can come in and stand up teams of clinical care to be able to support that hospital so that those patients continue to have the care that was intended. Um, we have an allied group that provides the same support through allied uh, professions. We also provide locums or physicians and advanced practitioners to healthcare across the nation uh, that need that extra support. Maybe they're growing and they're adding programs and they, they just don't have enough bandwidth quite yet. We can get them through the interim until they get there. And then we do have our physician services where we literally will come in and stand up cardiology centers, um, anesthesiology centers, and we're adding more modalities um, just because maybe a community doesn't quite have enough um, uh, uh, clinicians to be able to develop these resources themselves within their, their rural hospitals, uh, but we can be that, that ancillary arm for them. So we have a family of brands um, and even specialty technicians that work in cardiology and uh, have a, a training program where they can certify 
um, uh, technologists to become specialized. So we have this beautiful brand, um, family of brands, that is really invested at keeping care at the bedside. Delivering care where it may there may be gaps and we can we can participate. So that is what we do, and it's kind of hard to put it in one little package because it, it really serves as more of a a larger umbrella of of how we can help and partner effectively with with healthcare providers today. One last question I have for people with disabilities. Let's say whether they're graduating from high school. Uh, a community college or college, whatever, and they're looking for uh, a profession or some area to work in. Do you, would you not say healthcare is probably unlimited? I think that's very true. I think most people, when they look at healthcare, they think I, a nurse or a physician. And if you really um, explore healthcare, there are so many areas. I mean, from the standpoint of if, if not even this just being the healthcare provider, but there is the whole um, office operations that need to support the hospital. So potentially you've got um, you've got admissions. You've got those folks that do the scheduling. Um, you have individuals that come in and they uh, may be working in the finance and the accounting areas, the technology field where you have people coming in and standing up all the systems that support the clinicians. So that's just a smattering of, of what individuals could have access to. But there's so many fields from being um, involved in the imaging area and learning how to use the technology to take the imaging of our patients to you know, even transportation, believe it or not, there are folks that are coordinating transportation for, for patients as well as, you know, uh, ensuring that once a patient gets into a, a healthcare facility that they know where they're going. You know, so there's a variety of opportunities that uh, are open to individuals that are looking to further their training, um, come into a healthcare organization for the first time. They just need to to connect and explore those opportunities. Oh, great. Well, see, there's a wonderful opportunity for people with disabilities. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much. What a dynamic conversation. Thank you both. I know that we could probably talk about these things for hours, um, but for now, Joyce, can you tell our listeners how they can support your journey before we wrap up for the day? Oh, thank you so much, Joy. Uh, if you are a person with a disability seeking employment, BenderConsult.com. Go to BenderConsult.com and apply today. If you are a company saying, oh, my God, we, have an un we, we need people. We can't find people, cybersecurity or in healthcare or uh, data analysts, whatever they would be. There is this untapped labor pool, people with disabilities. So please contact us, uh, give people with disabilities a chance to work. As Tony Quello always says, give us the right to be fired, meaning just give us an opportunity. And finally, I would say if, uh, if you wanna help young people 
living with disabilities and you want to help us help those with mental health disabilities in school, BenderLeadership.org. Go to BenderLeadership.org today. Uh, I'm always looking for people, so I appreciate so much, Joy, you asking that question. Of course, I want to make sure everyone knows how they can get involved. Thank you. And Joyce, thank you for being our guest today. Uh, it's always such a pleasure to work with you and to learn from you. Joy, thank you so much for being my co-host today. I really appreciate you being here and helping us on this journey as well. Yes, Robin? of course. Well, I am certainly looking forward to hearing more about eye disability and your progress to support clinicians, Joyce. Um, as this training, it supports all clinicians, uh, physicians, nurses, and allied. So our listeners, uh, please look forward to more from uh, Bender Consulting and Joyce Bender and team. And I would like to thank you, Denise, Joyce, and Joy, for leading us through this discussion. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm here. Wonderful, wonderful. Join us next time on The Clinician Voice. Thank you.